Um, I think, oh, just kidding. I thought you took my notes, like as a joke. Okay, so today I want to talk to you about fear, just because I think that's, I don't know, a fun, kind of like pseudo-heavy topic to introduce with a bunch of strangers. Um, as much as I want to emphasize like the great opportunity that we have here at JPG, especially for our students who are new to the school this year, I think it's worth reflecting on the thoughts and actions which pose obstacles to <clears throat> like making a complete use of the opportunity that we have at JPG. So I want to talk about fear because I think fear is a huge obstacle, not only for young people, but also for adults, for any of us in daily life, but also particularly in the spiritual life. So I want you to just contemplate for a second something you're afraid of. Okay, <laughs> me, yes, some of you, for some of you that will be me. What are you afraid of? There are minor fears. <clears throat> there are things like, you know, fear of clowns, fear of buttons. I know somebody with a fear of buttons, fear of spiders, fear of where the spider goes because you don't kill it when you have the chance because you're afraid of spiders and now you don't know where it is, you know. But <clears throat> there are also serious fears. There are fears that can make it difficult for us to act, like a fear of public speaking or a fear of failure. There are fears that can undermine our relationships, like a fear of intimacy or a fear of abandonment. There are fears that can make it difficult to enjoy life, like a fear of growing old or a fear of dying. And it's important to recognize that um, these more serious fears don't just cause us like a momentary discomfort or um, sort of like evoke an emotion of like disgust, um, but they can, bless you, change the way that we live our lives. Um, and just like there are many fears in lived experience, there are many fears in spiritual life, right? There is a fear that God is not really good. There is a fear that we are not worthy of God's love. There is a fear that we cannot be forgiven um, for the wrongs that we do, the mistakes that we make. The list goes on. But scripture tells us that, particularly in the spiritual life, fear is a big fat waste of time. Where does scripture tell us this? Well, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, Job, Psalms, Isaiah, Zechariah, Jeremiah, the Gospels, Acts of the Apostles, the Epistles of Paul, Revelation. Every book in the Bible practically tells us this. Fear not. Why not? If we are not supposed to fear, why do we fear all the time? Why do we experience fear, big and small, pretty much every day of our life? It's worth asking this question. Fear not, God says. Why not, we ask. And God responds to us. This is from 1 John 4.18. Because perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And guess what? Thank you. Um, <clears throat> We all have perfect love at our disposal. We all have perfect love at our disposal. God's love is the answer to the question, why not fear? Like, God, give me a reason. I'm so afraid. Why should I not fear? Well, God's love is the answer to that question. God's love is always available to us. It is constantly unfurling. It is all-encompassing. It is a love that erases fear by virtue of its perfection. And it's available for us every day. This love is, <clears throat> it is inscribed in every book of the Bible. It is enfleshed in the life of every saint. It is encoded in every prayer that we pray. 
It is enshrined in the created world. It's literally everywhere. The story of this love is everywhere. If God's love casts out fear, then the only thing that can cause the conditions in which fear can survive is doubting God's love. Why do we do that? Why do we doubt God's love? It's perfect love. It, is, it exists through all time. It is offered to us on a silver platter. Why do we doubt God's love? It certainly isn't because of God. It's because of us. We allow ourselves to get in the way of God's love. And there are many different flavors of this, and there are lots of different manifestations of getting in God's way, unfortunately, because of the fall. But mostly, we get in the way of God's love and allow our fears to eclipse it by doubting God's mercy. And we just celebrated um, the feast day of St. Faustina last week. She was all about the merciful heart of God for us. So we doubt that God is big enough, that he is wide enough, that he is good enough, that he is God enough to forgive us for our sins and love us in our mistakes. Um, to, to contain our fears and our failings and our sinfulness while still loving us completely. It's likely that this fear that God cannot love us in our sinfulness is one of the most common fears in the spiritual life. And while we might cloak it in the notion of fear, it's actually the sin of pride that makes us think that anything can separate us from the love of God. Right? Romans 8.39 tells us this. Like, legit nothing can separate us from the love of God. Life, death, height, depth, etc. The 17th century priest, St. Claude de la Colombière, affirms this, saying, Lord, listen to this. Lord, your mercy is boundless. And no sinner, no matter how great his offenses, should have reason to despair of your pardon. If I have grievously offended you, my Redeemer... Let me not offend you more by thinking that you are not kind enough to forgive me. Just one more time, that last part. If I have grievously offended you, my Redeemer, let me not offend you by thinking that you are not kind enough to pardon me. So, I encourage you today. Whatever your sinfulness, whatever your fears, whatever mistakes that you've made, whatever you carry with you in your heart here today in this place, get out of God's way. Fear not. Fling yourself out on the mercy of mercy itself. I'm going to end with this poem, and I'm going to cry because I love this poem, but I'm going to end with this poem by Sister Miriam of the Holy Spirit. Uh, she is a far better wordsmith than I and a much more deep spiritual soul than I am. But her poem is called The Mercy of God. And Monsignor Shea actually introduced this poem to me, so connections abound. But I just encourage you to listen and to absorb, like, absorb the message of God for you, his message of mercy for you today in this poem. The mercy of God. I'm copying down from my heart's archives the day that I ceased to fear God with a shadowy fear. Would you name it the day that I measured my column of virtue and sighted through windows of merit a crown that was near? Ah, no. It was rather the day I began to see truly that I came forth from nothing and ever towards nothingness tend, that the works of my hands are a foolishness wrought in the presence of the worthiest king in a kingdom that never shall end. I rose up from my acres of self that I tended with passion and defended with flurries of pride. I walked out of myself 
and into the woods of God's mercy. And here I abide. There is greenness and calmness and coolness, a soft leafy covering from the judgment of sun overhead, and the hush of his peace, and the moss of his mercy to tread. I have not, but my will seeking God. And even love burning in me is a fragment of infinite loving and never my own. And I fear God no more. I go forward to wander forever in a wilderness made of his infinite mercy alone. Praise be Jesus Christ. <laughs>